Christian life than going to church and reading your Bible. Ever wondered just how involved God is in your daily life? Then you've come to the right place. Join me, Pastor Tom Marsis and Vicar Dylan Meyer, as we take an in-depth look at applying the scriptures to our daily lives, the Ten Commandments, baptism, Lord's Prayer, and more. Welcome to the Living Faith. Welcome to Living the Faith, episode 33, Forgiven and Forgiving. My name is Pastor Tom Marsis, Senior Pastor of Zion Lutheran Church. And I'm Vicar Dylan Meyer. We're glad that you're with us as we continue our look and going through the topic of living the faith, specifically the last several weeks, looking at the Lord's Prayer. Uh, today, as we dive into the Lord's Prayer, we're going to be looking at what we refer to as the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer. If you remember, we break down the Lord's Prayer into an introduction, conclusion, and seven petitions or seven things that we ask for. And so we're uh, moving right along. We're on the fifth petition. And as we do that, and as we are reminded that we're uh, using this as an example of how to pray, when to pray, what to pray for, uh, we're getting into it now with, and forgive us our debts or trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And so the question as we dive into this, what does it mean to ask God for forgiveness? Now, that's a big topic. I mean, it's one as Christians we talk about often. Uh, It's something that we say. The question is, though, what does it mean? Well, certainly we understand as Christians, as is the whole center of the gospel message, is that Christ has already forgiven us through his gracious work on the cross and in his resurrection. And so many of us feel like in this petition, it might be somewhat redundant. Redundant. If he's already done it, why are we doing it? Exactly. But the important thing is to actually remember what we've been talking about in our previous petitions, which is that these things would come to us. And so when we're praying about forgiveness in this petition, we're praying that we're pr- we're praying that this thing might remind us of Christ's continued forgiveness that that forgiveness is still present in our everyday lives and and we are of course then you know, this this petition can be broken down into two parts. And so we're also reminded of the forgiveness that we ourselves are called to. So it really is a twofold petition on forgiveness that we're um, calling upon God to. And that's one of the strange things as we go about our daily lives, to be reminded that we should forgive others. And the reason I say that is because we live in a society of winner, winner take all. And so therefore, we should not necessarily be willing to forgive others because we're just going to run right over them. We're going to get what we want when we want it. And and asking for forgiveness, uh, making confession of something wrong for some, and we even see this in our media, is seen as a sign of weakness. Uh, and so it's not a sign of weakness for us as Christians to seek forgiveness. It's not a sign of weakness for us to give forgiveness uh, to those around us. And so, again, this is countercultural in many ways to what we see around us when we talk about what is forgiveness, why do we ask for it, and do that. So with all that background in this petition, in this fifth petition, fifth thing that we ask for, why do we need to pray this? Well, let's be honest. We sin daily. We sin 
all the time. By thought, word, and deed is one of the things that we say in the catechism often. And so sin is more than just an action. Uh, So many times uh, we talk about uh, sin as being an action in the sense that you break the law when you do something. It's some kind of action that you take. And yet uh, our thoughts in and of themselves are breaking and sinful in how we do that. So we don't have to necessarily just do something physically, uh, but uh, even in our thoughts, we could sit in this chair all day long, turn off the lights, close our eyes, and that doesn't mean we're not going to sin. Uh, because what are we thinking about? What Are we having these evil thoughts towards others? Are we thinking about other things related to that? So what that means is, as Christians and non-Christians alike, we need God's grace, we need God's forgiveness all the time, not just some of the time, but all the time. And the reason is because with this daily uh, thought, word, and deed sin that we do, we deserve God's wrath. We deserve God's punishment. And yet, that's not what he does, even though that's what we deserve, even though that's the actions that we've taken for. And therefore, what do we pray for in this? We pray for forgiveness. Forgiveness. Absolutely. And and that's a humbling thing, isn't it, when we say asking for forgiveness, because we're admitting we can't do it on our own. We need God to be able to give that to us. And so what does forgiveness do in our relationships? It's establishing us in right relationship with God. And, you know, we've discussed how prayer is a way that we can go to God in relationship. This praying that forgiveness be still active in our lives is a part of that relationship. And, you know, as we're going to God in prayer, Isaiah tells us that our sins actually have made us separated from God. And so in this petition, we're praying that the relationship be restored, that we're, that God may hear us in this prayer, that God may accept us in prayer, even though we are so sinful in our condition and, and we continue to turn away from him each and every day. And, and it's interesting, that, that word restorative, it restores this relationship we have with God. And if we really step back and think about how God forgiving us restores our relationship with him, wow, what does that do in our everyday life in this confession forgiveness towards others, this restorative nature uh, as we deal with others, uh, restoring the relationship that's been broken by some kind of sinful action or word or whatever it is. And yet in this confession of forgiveness, it too, in this everyday life, should be a restorative action. So we see uh, in God's action towards us, how then it shows up in our relationship to the people in the world around us. And, And so restore is really big here when we talk about forgiveness. And so... Continuing on, uh, I think it's important to also mention that uh, when we're looking at the Lord's Prayer um, and we turn to Matthew 6, this is uh, Jesus doesn't end with his discussion of forgiving others as you would want to be forgiven um, in his instruction on the prayer. He continues in verses 14 through 15. And he talks about how being forgiven and forgiving others go 
hand in hand. Um, he's he, he elaborates on this. And so you can see as he's coming back to this issue, it really is, you can see it's important to him as he's re-emphasizing this. And yet, you know, when, when we read these verses, um, many people often think J- Jesus is talking about how forgiveness is then something earned. You know, you have to, he, some people misinterpret him and think that he's saying that you have to be able to forgive others to earn God's forgiveness. Um, and in part, he is saying that, but he's not saying that forgiveness is something earned. Right. It, it's, it's, he's saying it because forgiveness and so forth is to be a very part of just who we are. Yes. And so yeah, that's, it's not that you. we forgive so <laughs> we become a Christian or so that we become a better Christian. We forgive. Why? Because we are a Christian. It's a part of our very Absolutely. This forgiveness and confession needs to be a part of the very fiber of who we are in Christ Jesus. And and being a part and fiber for us means more than just Sunday morning. We stand up and we corporately together confess, I'm a poor, miserable sinner, confessing to the, all my sins and iniquities, and then the pastor announces Christ's forgiveness. Well, if that's the only time we do it, it's not a part of the fiber of who we are. It needs to be parents to children, spouse to spouse, family members to family members, to your coworkers, to the other people around. It needs to be a part of who we are. And yet the world, that's so countercultural. So it's hard for us sometimes to live that out in our daily lives. And yet it's crucial for us as believers to realize it's who we are, not what we do simply to make us that way, but it's a part of who we are. Yes, I, I like what you said about it being a part of our identity in Christ Jesus, because this whole thing really kind of wraps, or it can be encompassed in how we are Christ's representatives in within our world. And certainly this forgiving others as Christ has forgiven us is something that's easier said than done. Um, yeah. And when, and when people are constantly sinning, sinning against us, we want to respond with vengeance or we want to, yeah, get angry. And those things, um, those things tend to be our human response, but, and so this encouragement that Jesus has to, uh, for us, um, in his instruction of the fifth petition, as well as his elaboration in uh, verses 14 and 15, you know, there it's these things, we, we can't skip over these things. Um, as we're reading these verses, we can't, uh, we have to take them to heart because um, it's really in truth an emphasis on discipleship. Which leads to what our theme this whole year is, living, living the, faith. the faith. It's a yes. part of living the faith to confess our sins. It's part of living the faith to then forgive one another as Christ has forgiven us. I mean, that's really a core element to living the faith in a sin-sick world that we find ourselves. And that's why this Lord's Prayer that Jesus has given us is so crucial 
to our life of faith. And we're reminded that we all need God's forgiveness, right? I mean, this is so critical uh, to who we are, and we're not better than others around us. No. That, and that's hard for us as Christians sometimes as you look around the pews and there's not as many people in the pew as there should be. And, you know, where is Joe Smith? Uh, and uh, then when Joe Smith shows up, well, you know, I've been here the last four weeks. Where have you been? As if somehow that makes <laughs> yeah. me better. Exactly. And I'm more forgiven than you're forgiven because you haven't been here for the last four weeks or last two months, whatever the thing may be. And so uh, as if I'm better because I've been asking for forgiveness uh, here at church all the time and you weren't here. Uh, that's not how forgiveness from God really right. works. Right. It's not It's not a conditional forgiveness. And as Paul writes in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified then by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. By his undeserved love, by his grace. Absolutely. Isn't that a, a, a very important part of it? It's not earned. It's not bought. It's given freely it's undeserved. And so it empowers us when we see how and are reminded how God forgives us, then then how that puts us in the right relationship with others around us and empowers us to be able to do that forgiving, to be able to be honest enough with um, our fellow Christians when we have done wrong and to say that. In peacemaking, oftentimes we talk about this in the sense, confession and forgiveness. If I've wronged somebody, as a Christian, I have a responsibility to go to them and say that I've been wrong. But on the other hand, they have a responsibility, if they know that I have wronged them, to come to me. Like, we should be running into each other. It's not like, oh, well, you wronged me, so I'm going to sit back here and I'm going to wait till you decide to come and see me because you're the one that's done wrong. No, we should be running into each other. I mean, it talks about it often in peacemaking that... We both have a responsibility. Yeah. If I've been wronged, I need to go to them. If I've wronged them, I need to go to them. And so we should be running into each other. And that's a part of the empowerment, realizing that we've both been forgiven by Christ. And now we need to deal with this forgiveness and confession with each other. And so it's that being in the right relationship and knowing we both have a responsibility uh, to that confession and forgiveness. It's not a one-sided thing. We, we're both a part of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And also, um, what's important to note is that we're not in this discussion of forgiveness. It's not about forgiving and forgetting. It's not, you know, when people sin against us, we're not forgetting those sins against us. Rather, it's about adopting this this mentality, I guess, that you can you are able to be freed from the anger and resentment that you, previously had had with that individual. Um, you're, you know, you're, you're practicing something that um, is, as we've been talking about, empowering and, and liberating. And it also goes a step further. Just because I've forgiven you doesn't mean there's not still consequences for your sin. Yes. Forgiveness does not take away consequences, you know, that that uh, we need to realize that forgiveness does not take away consequences in how we do that. Just because you, you stole some money from me 
and I forgive you does not mean that you don't still owe the money for me or that maybe, you know, the state is still going to take you into accounting for what you did. Right. Yes, I may forgive you, but you still are accountable to the laws of the state related to, to taking that. So forgiveness does not take away responsibility or for having sin. There's still consequences. Yeah, it's not sweeping anything under the rug. Um, there, yeah. Um, but... Uh, it's important that we really, you know, unpack this, um, what many people think to be a very simple petition. Um, it's really important that we unpack this because um, forgiveness is more than um, a lot of people really think, I think sometimes. It's, um, I mean, I've been reading a lot of Dietrich Bonhoeffer lately. Uh, really famous uh, theologian, and in in his book Discipleship, he's always talking about how forgiveness is essential to discipleship. And on that note, I mean, Paul writes in Ephesians about how we are to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. And then, what's key about this verse uh, in ver- uh, Ephesians four thirty-two is that he's saying all of these things. And then he ends with, as God in Christ forgave you. So it's, we are forgiving others as a response of Christ's forgiveness. Well, and, was, and realize that Paul knew firsthand what it meant to oh, be yeah. forgiven for something great. I mean, he obviously had been going after the early Christians. He was there when Stephen was stoned. I mean, he, realizing that uh, the chief of sinners of, among the apostles, so to speak, that he wasn't even worthy really to be called an apostle, and yet that's who he was, and realizing receiving that forgiveness. And uh, Vicar mentioned Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Some of you may or may not know who he is, but he was a German pastor theologian during World War II. He was imprisoned and uh, by, the, by the Nazis and ultimately was killed in that imprisonment before the end of the war. And yet to the very end, this idea of forgiveness, now think about it. So he's imprisoned because of who and what he is and what he said uh, for the faith, and yet he still was able to then come out with this idea of forgiveness. Forgiveness is easy when you haven't really been hurt. The question is when when someone has really hurt you uh, in whatever manner it is, to be able to forgive them is, is a difficult thing. And so forgiveness sounds easy when we talk about theoretically, when we talk about in generalities, but when the rubber hits the road and someone has really hurt you, um, how do you react then? I mean, how is it that you put that forgiveness into action as you deal with somebody? And this is something that all of us struggle with, pastor and people alike. Uh, we all struggle with this uh, and how we live that out and what we do. But remember always coming back to that peacemaking principle. If I've been wronged, I need to go to them. If I have wronged somebody, I need to go to them. And as Christians, we should be running into each other as we do that and as we go through that as well. Well, we hope that this has helped you as you begin your look at the fifth petition this week. Uh, Forgive us our sins as those who have trespassed or sinned against us. And so uh, dig deep into that, look through the prompt questions, maybe make some notes, realizing, of course, next Sunday we'll be preaching on that again and kind of tying it together here. But to dive into it, pray about it, and we look forward to being able to visit with you next week as we continue our look on living the faith, specifically the Lord's Prayer. Lord's blessings.
Thanks for joining us on our Living the Faith podcast this week. This podcast is a ministry of Zion Lutheran Church in Bismarck, North Dakota. To contact us, learn more, or for more resources on our journey this year, please visit zionbismarck.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. This podcast was made possible by a grant from Lutheran Church Extension Fund. We thank them for their support. Please join me in prayer as we begin our new week. Blessed Lord, you have caused all Holy Scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of your Holy Word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for listening. Tuning next time as we continue learning how God's truth in the scriptures applies to our daily life. God bless your reading this week.